Hello and welcome to the ETOF 21 Sports Podcast for November 17th. My name is Eric. I am the man behind ETOF 21 Sports. You can find my work at ETOF 21 Sports on Instagram, at ETOF 21 Sports on TikTok, and at ETOF 21 on Twitter. How is everyone doing today? Wow, what a crazy NFL Sunday we had. Before I jump into my review of the games and my thoughts and everything, I just want to touch on something. And open open the light, if you will, for everyone that listens to this. So yesterday, I posted how you should never buy points, how point buying points is a rookie move, and how no quote-unquote experienced better ever does that. Bob Marini, who I love, I think he's one of the funniest guys in the world. I love that guy. He's fucking hilarious. He, on his Instagram page, said you should buy the pats up to seven and a half now i posted on my story you know that's awful advice only rookies do that now let me explain why is that awful advice it just comes down to the end of the day to simple math the more you play odds greater than minus 110 your break even point rises up and i can tell you guys this i've been around this game forever this is right now and for a while, has been my main source of income, betting sports. And it's a hard game. I put a lot of hours, a lot of effort into doing this, into finding out information. And sometimes you'll just get stuff that, you know, will go the wrong way. Case in point, the 49ers game. 49ers plus 10, I was on the right side of that bet, but it lost. We had two god-awful special teams mistakes that allowed the... Saints to cover. That's part of the game. You learn and you move on. But since I played them at minus 110, I'm not losing anything. If I would have bought points up to minus plus 12, then my break-even point is going to be changing a lot. It's just simple math. And at the end of the day, I'm sorry, if you buy points, you're basically just telling me that you're a rookie better and you don't understand math and break-even points. I hate to break it to you guys. That's just the way it is. Anyone in my system will know that we don't buy points. We never buy points. And even in baseball, we don't play anything over minus 125 juice. Why is that? Because of math, because of break-even points. That's my rant on that. Again, I love I love Bob. I think he's a funny dude. But, you know, you guys should not be buying points at all. And the fact he suggested that to him is awful advice. And... I just it amazes me he would do something like that. But anyway, let's jump into the games real quick on this Reaction Monday episode. First game, let's look at Lions 30, the Washington football team 27. Typical Lions fashion, up 24 to 7. Let him back in. Washington driving, had a chance to at least tie it. Oh, excuse me, they did tie it, but then Stafford being Stafford. Put the Lions in position. Prater hit the game-winning field goal. This is my thing with the Lions. They have so many holes defensively. Patricia's supposed to be this defensive genius, and nothing is clicking. I really want Joe Brady, who's the offensive coordinator for the Panthers, to come into Detroit and for the tail end of Stafford's career, try to get something out of him. Because right now, all the Lions are doing is they are wasting, completely wasting Matt Stafford. Swift had a little pop in his run, very looked explosive. Anyone that's been following me knows I told you guys to pick up DeAndre just because I really liked his ceiling, really felt he was going to be the clear-cut number one moving forward. 
that looked good. He looked great. In terms of Washington, props to Alex Smith. That was a devastating leg injury. Antonio Gibson put up points. That's why we had him in the build in the guys I was building around. Terry McLaren, you know, he's one of the most underrated wide receivers in the league. And, you know, Washington is going places. They do do need to improve that offensive line and get a franchise quarterback because, unfortunately, Alex Smith is not it. But Ron, Riverboat Ron is putting those guys in a position long-term in a couple years to be successful. Tampa Bay bounced back nicely with a 46-23 victory over the Panthers. Panthers going without Christian McCaffrey. Mike Davis only seven carries for 32 yards. DJ Moore, finally a DJ Moore sighting. Four receptions for 96 yards. Brady, 28 for 39, 341, three TDs. Here's my thing. I really feel that the Buccaneers are going to miss Vera. I really think think that them missing him on the defense that's going to set the rush, guard against the, the run, I feel long-term in the grand scheme of things is really going to hurt this team moving forward. And again, I didn't I didn't play him yesterday just because it's pissed off time. I'm never going to bet against a pissed off time. But you look at their schedule moving forward. This team, remember, still hasn't had their bye yet. They got the Rams at home in a in a Monday night football game, the Chiefs Sunday night football. I mean, reality of the situation is I'll probably be fading them both times. If I can get points with the Chiefs, I know the Rams, Rams will probably be at three, three and a half point road dogs I'll definitely be looking at that Chiefs I'm not I don't lay points in the ground on the road again if I can get plus money or a pick I'll definitely be invested in that Panthers Panthers are exciting you know but again they just have too many holes in that roster and I really don't think Teddy Two Gloves is the quarterback to get them over the hump but he is playing a lot better than I anticipated and it just shows that Christian McCaffrey is a great running back, but in terms of building an NFL team, I'm not going to pay top dollar for an NFL running back. I'm going to use that money on the interior and build my team from the inside out, getting some D linemen and O linemen. D defense is really, I mean, it's coming around for the Panthers. It's still really young. Offensive line, they really need to address that in the offseason. Next game, Texans 7, Browns 10, the return of my man, Nick Chubb. Okay, so a couple things. Number one, this is why we have to check the weather. This is why weather checking is going to be important. Now, some of you guys are like, oh, why does it take so long for you to get your DFS right about Sunday morning? Well, guys, this is why. Anyone, any wide receiver in that game, the only wide receiver I had a stake in was Will Fuller. The only Browns player I had a stake in was Nick Chubb, just because the weather was just so shitty. And anyone that played the over in that game, oh my God, guys, you got to read the weather report. I mean, with the weather being as it is, how can a conscientious better play that weather? Weather is a huge factor, especially in the wind. I don't care about the snow. But when you have wind that high, you cannot play the over. That's why you always have to look at that stuff. Funny thing was, Nick Chubb, I love Nick Chubb. I think Nick Chubb is the best running back in the game. And he had that huge breakaway. Huge, 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 huge breakaway. Now, I think that Stefanski told him, hey, if you get the first down, just run out of bounds or get down. That's what I think happened. I don't think it was a Chubb decision. And that swung a lot of money. That was the second half over. Brown's second half minus the points. Game minus the points. 
And I don't really care about fantasy. I mean, he I have him in every fantasy league and had him in DFS, cash DFS lineup, but that's another thing. I just think that Stefanski told him to just get down if he got the first down, which is fine. You don't want to give – you want to eliminate opportunities. In that situation, all you're doing is you're to eliminate Texans any chance of winning. So it is the right football play. I know they would have been up by four touchdowns. Excuse me, four touchdowns. What the fuck am I talking about? Two touchdowns. But you just eliminate every play. So I get it. I understand it. Um, Texans, God. Here's the thing. Deshaun Watson is good. Will Fuller is good. They have two good tackles. Defensively, they obviously need to just reset the whole thing. But this team has no draft capital. And everyone's talking about Eric Bieniemy going here. Guys, this is what you need to understand. If you are an NFL coach put in a situation, you generally have three years. That's it. And if you don't get the ship right in three years, you're out of a job. With the lack of draft capital, how is it even remotely possible anyone's going to be able to get this Texan ship ship right in that short amount of time? They don't have a first or second round pick, guys, this year. And after what D-Hop did in the cards game, I just, you know, it's just one of those things, man. It's, it's just one of those things. If I'm Eric Bieniemy, I would not want to go here. If I'm Joe Brady, I would not want to go here. If I'm the Bills offensive coordinator or Greg Roman, I would not want to go here just because of the limited window you'd have. And if you shit the bed, some some guys go and they, they coach. They're just in bad situations. They don't get another chance. So I'd be very leery about taking this Texans job moving forward. Next game, Jags. My Jags, 20 Packers 24, cash the first half, cash the game. I'll tell you what, can we just stop the Gardner Minshew thing? Anyone that has watched NFL, watched football in general, can tell Jake Lutton has a better arm than Gardner Minshew. He may not wear jean shorts with his ball sack hanging out and wear stupid shit clothes, but he is a better NFL quarterback. And I think moving forward, they'd be better just to play him. James Robinson, 23 for 109. Can we just give this guy the fantasy football MVP? For an undrafted guy to be picking up these numbers, it is insane. He also should win. Pro- he, I mean, could he win? He, he should win rookie of the year, in my opinion, too. From start to finish, this guy is the rookie of the year. DJ Shark, 4 for 56. Cole had that nice return, 5 for 47. But here's my one thing. I almost had a heart attack at the end of the first half. We're sitting on them plus seven and a half. And you got this is the only one thing I just don't understand about coaches. You have a rookie quarterback on the road making his first road start. Just run the goddamn ball, get into halftime, and be content being down with what you are. Don't make this guy, this rookie, who's in his second start, first start on the road, try to make a play. Run the ball, especially against the Packers, you can't stop the run. We almost lost the first half bet because of incompetent play calling. And that's why I've always said it just blows my mind what, what, what these coaches are thinking and what their thought process. I understand you want to get great, you want to get some points before half, but realize the, the outlining situations and what's going on with everything. In terms of the Packers. You know, Aaron Jones held in check, 13 for 46. Jamal Williams, 8 for 30. The law firm, 4 for 139. 
Adams, 8 for 66 and 1 TD. I mean, you know, Packers are so overrated. It's funny. This is a team I will, again, be continuing to fade against. They have holes in the offensive line. They can't stop the rush. I just think Aaron Rodgers is so good, he just keeps them in games. And, you know, it is what it is. But in terms of long term, I'm just going to continue to fade them. Are they well coached? Eh, kind of. But I would just really feel this LaFleur Rodgers relationship is just a ticking time bomb. And as soon as they face adversity, it's going to blow up. And guys, Rodgers just throws the people he likes and people he trusts. Devontae Adams had 12 targets. The next highest one, Scaling at six, Jones had six. He's going to just be peppering him. And it, the thing is, is we had Adams to lead the league in rushing prop at the beginning of the season. And I'm telling you guys, if he played this full year, that would be easily cashing right now at this point. Eagles 17, Giants 27. Hey, guys, our Giants to win the East future, it's got legs. We got some legs on that now, boys. We got legs at our Giants future to win it. They're in second place at a 3-7 and seven record. Okay, here's the situation. Jim Schwartz, he's probably going to be gone soon. I mean, this defense to give up 27 points to the Giants is just absurd. Giants, Daniel Jones looked good rushing, running the ball. Wade Gellman, 18 for 53. Giants had 382 total yards of offense. Like I said, Danny Dimes, 21 for 28, 244 yards, 64 on the ground. Darius Slayton, 5 for 93. Eagles on the other. This Eagles defense, it's just not that good. I mean, they got a lot of love when they signed my boy, Big Play Slay. But, guys, Big Play is the wrong side of 30 now. They signed with that big contract. And he's just not as good a corner as everyone thought he was. He's really struggling right now. The defense in general is struggling. If you can't stop Danny Dimes and the Giants, I wouldn't surprise me if Schwartz is out of a job today. And this whole thing about Doug Peterson being a quote-unquote offensive genius, I really feel needs to stop. Carson Wentz, 21 for 37, sacked three times. Miles Sanders, 15 for 85. Boston Scott, 3 for 63. In terms of receiving, Rodgers, 4 for 60. Rigger, 4 for 47. Ward, 5 for 39. Galbert, 4 for 33. A couple things in terms of the offense. Doug Peterson, offensive genius, this whole thing has to stop. The fact Miles Sanders isn't getting over 20 touches a game is insane to me. Like I said at the beginning of the year, I fear that Peterson doesn't view Sanders as someone that could get over 20 touches. And with what he's doing with him yesterday, it kind of looks at that. You have Clement, Chris Clement, getting goal line touches and kind of Miles Sanders. If you're a top back in the league, that's not happening. Could you imagine if the Panthers took out CMC and put in Mike Davis? I mean, come on. I, that's just not happening to teams with top backs in the league. Their receiving core is an absolute nightmare. But here's the funny thing to me. We all have guys we like. And you see Colin Collard who just tweets shit about Locke, Stafford, whoever. But he loves Carson Wentz. The reality of the situation is Carson Wentz isn't that guy. What has he done? He has zero playoff wins. They won the Super Bowl without him. He has done nothing. Nothing. 
to be considered a top-tier quarterback. And this Eagles team, I think Peterson maintains it for one more year, then he's out. Schwartz is probably out this week. Or Schwartz, it, Schwartz is probably out this week, and they're probably going to promote. I don't know who the linebacker coach is. They'll probably promote him. And looking at the Eagles' schedule, I mean, they're they're getting three and a half at Cleveland, and then they go to Seattle, Packers, Saints, Cardinals. I mean, their next game where they're going to be favored is going to be the Cowboys. And this team is in danger right now. This it, it, It's danger mode in Philadelphia. Philadelphia could not make the playoffs, even with the train wreck division of the NFC East. Next game, the Tua truck continues. The Dolphins 29, the Chargers 21. I mean, Jesus Christ. Tua is doing absolutely nothing, and the media is sucking this kid's cock more than anything I've seen in my life. Let's look at the game. The game starts with a the Chargers punter. It's based on the kid's name. Snap to him, no rush, fumbles the snap. Boom, Dolphins ball. Right on the two-yard line. Touchdown. Tua looked awful. I mean, they're not winning games because of Tua. They're winning games because of their defense and their special teams. Tua had two INTs dropped by the Chargers. It was just an awful situation. I, I mean, it was just bad. Tua did not win that game. The defense won it, and the offense and the offense really did nothing for the Dolphins. Looking at the numbers, Tua 15 for 25, buck 69. Really? 15 for 25, buck 69. And they only had 280 yards of total offense. And you're telling me that they won the game because of Tua and Tua's all this in a bag of chips? Guys, this is why we have to use our eyes to read the situations. Dolphins defense is playing great. Brian Flores, obviously one of the better coaches in the league. And the special teams is playing great. In terms of the Chargers, this is the most talented 2-7 and seven team I can remember. There is no way this team should be 2-7. and seven. This team is just way too talented to be this bad. And losing and winning are a habit. If you build that habit, you'll be used to that. And Justin Herbert is building a losing habit. And that's why I really feel like a change is needed. I like Anthony Lynn. I think there's stuff, preparation is good, but in-game stuff, management, clock management, game decisions are just awful. And as much as it pains me to say this, I think you need to fire him so this team can kind of build the habit of winning and try to right the ship and get the boat going in the right direction for next year. This offensive line is too good. You have Ingram. I know Bosa didn't play last last yesterday. Offensively, you got Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. I mean, you can make an argument. Top five wide receiver duel in the league. And this team, there's no way this team should be 2-7. and seven. None at all. In terms of the Bills and Cardinals, Nuke just got my vote for receiver of the year. For him to go high point that ball, three Bills on him, it was just insane. It was just, I I mean, it was play of the year so far in the NFL. That was an entertaining game, back and forth game. Like I said, this isn't the Bills defense as yesteryear. Cards, oh my God, remember Isaiah Simmons? Where the hell's that guy been? That guy is leading the leading the year in terms of draft bust. I hate what I see from that kid. He's, I mean, he's a zero factor. He was supposed to be this hybrid guy. I mean, did he even? I don't even remember him making an impactful play yesterday on the field 
I'm looking at the stats right now. Uh, two tackles. That was it. Isaiah Simmons, two tackles. Murray, 22 for 32, 235, one INT, one passing touchdown, 61 yards on the ground. D Hop, seven for 127. It was just, an, I, that, but that's what the Cardinals are. A defense can't stop anything. Clinsbury makes some bad coaching decisions. Murray, D Hop, bail him out. This team will not reach their true quote unquote potential until they get a better coach with someone that understands like in game decisions. Kingsbury is still making some silly mistakes. Drake, nice to be back, 16 for 100. Like I said, guys, Bills cannot stop the rush at all. You can run all day on this Bills front four. Allen, 32 for 49. Two touchdowns, two INTs. I mean, rushing, though, in the NFL, you still need to be able to rush the ball in order to win. And when your leading rusher is your quarterback with seven rushes for 38 yards, Long-term success, you're not going to be able to win. I hate to break it to you guys, but long-term, you're not going to be able to win. Um, Beasley, 11 for 109. Diggs, 10 for 93. Bills are this past first team now. And I really feel I don't trust Josh Allen to make a throw over the entirety of the game. He's too erratic. I mean, he's strong. I mean, there was times yesterday where he should have been sacked, and he just wasn't sacked. And... He's a hell of an athlete, a hell of a uh, strong as fuck, but you got to show me week after week that you can make a play to win the game. And he did. He made, a, he made a great pass to Diggs. Diggs made a great catch to allegedly win the game. But, yeah, long term, I'm just not trusting this Bills team, especially with their lack of being able to run the ball. Next game, Broncos 12, Raiders 37. Yeah, they just, Broncos, offensively, they're just not clicking. And Drew Locke's getting a lot of crap. I like how Locke steps into the throw, but I really feel him losing time in the Schirmer offense and the off injuries to the offensive line are just killing this kid. And it's too bad. They'll probably look to probably go in the, eh, I... No, it depends where they are in the draft. If they have a chance at the kid from North Dakota State, they'll probably take him. But they're not going to have a chance at Fields or Lawrence. So unless the kid from North Dakota State falls to their lap, they'll probably stick with Locke for for one more year. He does need a little time in that Shermer offense to learn everything, but he's not progressing forward like I thought he would. Raiders, I mean, this team is deceptively good. I really don't feel they're a quote-unquote top-tier team, but they could win a playoff game. Jacobs, 21 for 112, two TDs. And the funny thing was, this is why we do the cash games. He wasn't even a percent owned in cash games. So Josh Jacobs wasn't even a percent owned in fucking cash games. Let that sink in. Raiders who run the ball over 51% of the time in play calling. And Josh Jacobs wasn't owned in a percent, one percent of lineups. I mean, that's just amazing. Weller three for thirty-seven, Rugs three for thirty-one. But I mean, this is a type of game they want to play. Run the ball with Jacobs. Carr's not going to turn the ball over. Hope the defense holds him in check. This is the Raiders' playbook in a nutshell. Like I said, interesting matchup. I believe they play the Chiefs next week. Yeah, interesting ma- matchup. Sunday night in Las Vegas against the Chiefs. So we'll see. I'm really looking forward to that game. Next game, Steelers woke back up. 
Steelers 36, Bengals 10. After the egg they laid, you had to know the Steelers team was going to come back and come back with a boom. Big Ben, four TDs. Johnson, six for 116, a tutty. Juju, nine for 77, a tutty. Claypool, four for 56, two tutties. James Conner, 13 for 36. Guys, I still worry about the Steelers' offensive line. And granted, I'm sitting at Steelers' futures to win the AFC East, to win the Super Bowl. I was really high on this team coming forward into the season. And, I mean, I really quite – long-term, if they, want to, if they want to win it all, they have to be able to run the ball. And you have to get Conner more than 13 touches a game. Because when the Steelers' offense has been the best, it's when it's – been filtered through that running back. Have it be Connor, Bell, whoever. D'Angelo Williams back in the day, whoever. But I do have some concerns about the Steelers' offensive line moving forward. But you, this was the effort you expected. After that dud where they're double-digit favorites against the Cowboys, of course you expected this. And you, and you got this type of effort. Bengals, I mean, this team is young. They have a lot of injuries on the offensive line. I just kind of feel that they're moving in the right direction. Joe Burrow, 21 for 40, 213, a tutty, but he was sacked four times. P. Ryan, most rushes, 48 yards. T. Higgins, 7 for 115. I just feel that they need to invest in this offensive line because Joe Burrow cannot take the hits and maintain long-term success. Look at Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is banged to shit and obviously not 100%. And you don't want Joe Burrow to be that. I love everything I've seen from Joe Burrow. And Zach Taylor is actually doing a decent job offensively, I feel, with the play calling. Defensively, they need to add a couple more playmakers. And offensively, they need to shore up the offensive line. Next game, oh my god. We had the 49ers plus 10. And like I I said earlier, that was totally the right side of this fucking game. You had just had two awful special teams mistakes. The first one being a punt by the Saints bounced, hit a 49ers player in the back. Touchdown, Saints. The second one being Rick James, Ricky James, or whatever the guy's name is, muffed the punt. Now, here's my thing, and this is why I will give Andy Reid credit, and this happened in the playoff game, and a lot of people forget about this. Tyreek Hill muffed the punt. For the rest of the playoff run the Chiefs had last year, Tyreek Hill was not returning punts. Okay, that was, that was it. He was not returning punts. So I'm from that school. If you fuck up, you're out. You're not doing it again. In a pressure situation, game situation, if you mess up, you're not doing it again. Kyle Shanahan, some of his play calling and his distribution of touches, I'm never going to understand. I, I Hasting, I, yeah, I know he got hurt, but, I mean, only three touches. Ayuk, seven for 75. Mullins, 24 for 38, two INTs, 247, and a tutty. I feel Shanahan is a good play caller, but sometimes I feel he just gets too fucking cute, and he's putting the 49ers in jeopardy with his play calling. His play calling, he just needs to do him and not get too fucking cute when he does shit. Saints, I mean, that flag for roughing Drew Brees was complete bullshit. And the reality of the situation is if that's Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff, Matt Stafford, one of those type quarterbacks, you know, top, middle tier, that flag isn't being called. Since it's Drew Brees. If that bit, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, 
Mahomes, um, that that flag will get thrown when those guys get tackled like that. That was not roughing the passer. That was a complete BS call. But Drew Brees is hurt. And remember when I said that Winston would be the guy if Brees got hurt? And everyone's oh, no, Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill. Guys, this is why you have to use your eyes. Taysom Hill is a gadget player and will be a wildcat guy, you know, run the ball, you know, down to end zone. He's not an everyday quarterback. I hate to break it to you guys, but he's not. And by Winston being in, that's basically what Sean Payton told you guys. So this Taysom Hill love has to stop. Kamara, 8 for 15, but he had 7 for 83. And at the end of the day, this is why Kamara wasn't on my draft list. And, yeah, I know he's probably going to be the large, the most scoring fantasy guy. But I want a running back that's going to get 1,000 yards if I'm drafting him in the first round. And that's it. I mean, I drafted Chubb. Chubb missed how many games? Three or four games, and he's still going to get 1,000 yards. So I believe Chubb was a better pick than Kamara. You guys may hate me, but hey, that's the way I think. That's the way I process game, process stuff. Mike Thomas, two for 27. Jesus Christ, can we get Mike Thomas some fucking love? Um, and then the shocker, Ravens, 17, Patriots, 23. Guys, like I've been saying all this time, I say it on Gino's podcast. When I go in Gino, I, I, I say it on my podcast. The blueprint to beat Lamar Jackson is out. What the Ravens do is they give him half the field. If those two guys aren't open, they just run. So if you play eight men in a box, it's going to be easy to keep Lamar in check. And when you look at their wide receivers, like, come on. You're telling me this wide receiver group of Willie Sneed, Hollywood Brown, Mark Andrews at tight end, DeVernay, who I love, I think they need to use him more, and Nick Boyle, that strikes fear. No, every team's doing it. Eight men in a box, stop the fucking run, force Lamar to beat you. And until Lamar can do that, this Ravens team is going to struggle. Defensively, they played well, but the Patriots moved the ball. Who have you played Burkhead in fantasy? He got a little lucky because he shouldn't have some touchdowns. Damon Harris, whew, he looks like the real deal. Sony Michelle is definitely going to be out of a job soon, but Patriots came in, did their job, and, you know, they, their slim playoff, playoff hopes are still alive, as crazy as it sounds. You look at the playoffs right now, and they're two games out of the playoffs. I mean, they probably were going to have to win out to have any chance of getting in, but they have a chance. And you put the best coach ever in that situation, and, you know, he, he, had, he could pull some shit out. So that's it. That's the reaction reaction Monday for the games on Sunday. Congrats to Dustin Johnson for winning the Masters. And I will be back on Saturday with my podcast. I believe we're going to have a special guest on Saturday. I believe I'm going to try to get the lock got on from social media. Him and I are going to talk a little betting and everything good in that aspect. Uh, out here in Illinois... I think it's only a matter of time before we go on shutdown, which probably is for the greater good just because, yeah, I'm in the epicenter right now, guys. So be safe. Be well. Enjoy this crappy game between the Vikings and Bears we have tonight. A play has been sent out to my members. If you're interested in joining the winning team and finally start cashing some bets, hit me up through a DM and we'll start your membership process. Be safe. Be well. And I will talk to you guys on Saturday.